Love Talk Radio. Let's keep it Blessings, 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 and a phenomenal hello to you out there in Cyberland. We thank and praise God for another opportunity, another day above ground where we can thank and praise God for his wonderful gift of life because God is a great, great God and worthy to be praised. Welcome to the It's Real Radio Talk Show. I am your host, Elder Coilette James, and... As always, I always get excited when I get to announce my beautiful, incredible co-host, none other than the gorgeous Miss Tanya Roberts. How are you, sis? I always get excited when you have to say it. You (laughs) just build so much life in me, and you give me so much hope and joy by you doing what God has called you to do, and it's just such a big blessing. It's hot. Down here in the great Augusta, it's 100 degrees, 101. Ooh, we will wow. be 105 by Tuesday. <gasps> Are you kidding and it, me? Yes, sis. You know what's bad? We went out to go do something earlier. We got in the car, got the car started. We looked at each other and said, what are we supposed to be doing and why in this heat? <laughs> and literally the car ran for five minutes. We turned it off, got out, went in the air conditioner house and said, they can have it. We'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> that is crazy. So, yes, see, we have yes. the slip. We have the slip here in Vegas because, you know, normally by May, it's it's at least in the 90s and some days in the 100s. We have a wonderful, gorgeous, beautiful 73 degrees here today. Shut the front door. I am so serious. This month has been quite bizarre in Vegas weather history, I promise you. We've actually had some cool days where it was like 50, 60 degrees. Um, Our nights are in the 50s. Um, I think we might have hit the 80s a couple of days this month, but that's it. Um, Yeah, it it has been (laughs) crazy. So that's why I'm I'm just totally in amazement that you are in Georgia with 100 degrees in May and we're in the middle of the desert with 73. That's crazy. We we actually broke the record from 1954, and it was 54 degrees. We have actually have not seen 100-degree weather in three years. I tell wow. people all the time, you better pay attention to what God is doing and stop paying attention yes. to what man is doing. Okay. And then maybe you can get a better grip on things because, Girl. you know, let me tell you something, sis. When the when let me tell you, we have been over a hundred degrees in weather, but God has sent a breeze or a cloud. And let me tell you something, people think I'm crazy. I get to praising God because I said you did it just for me. And I <laughs> show thank you. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Wow. That's that. You know what? Because that's the kind of God we serve, that he will go out of his way to do little blessings, little blessings just for us, just for us. And you know what, Tam? It is unfortunate that so often we don't even recognize the beauty in what God does for us. 
I mean, you know, yes. he is such a faithful father and he loves us so much and we miss his love. We miss all that he is blessing us with on a daily basis. That's why we always, you and I both, love to start the show talking about the wondrous love of God in the fact that we are yet alive. You know, Please. in the fact that, yes. that, you know, God has blessed us with another day because we miss the, the little nuances of the grace of God in each and every day. And it is so vitally important that we recognize that. It is so yes. important. Yes. It's yes. the little things on a daily basis that add up to the big things. Seriously. I mean, hey. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. That's, that's yes, God. That's God. That's God. And he's, yes. a, he's a yes. great, great God. And you see him in everything you do. Amen. Yeah. Yes. You know, and it's not to to be woo-woo spooky, okay? You know, because some people, it's like, you know, everything is spiritual. And, and we understand that everything is not spiritual. There is natural beauties and natural things that occur just because, though, never forget this, there are natural things that are beautiful because God set that in order on our behalf. So understand that. So even when you smell a rose and you take um, exception to the beauty of that rose or to the fragrance of that rose, know that, yes, it was a natural occurrence that that rose grew and bloomed, but guess who put that natural occurrence in action just for you? just so that you could appreciate the beauty of that rose. I think I, I shared this story before, and I, I write this moment, the name escapes me, of the gentleman whose book I was listening to at the time, but he talked about looking out of his window, um, his bedroom window, and there was those beautiful flowers outside of his bedroom window, and they were blooming it. And she, he said, God asked him this question. And the question was, do you know why I created the flowers? And, and the man said, you know, he said, oh, my God, he just took it that, you know, God had asked him this profound question. And he was trying to think of a, a equally profound answer to give to God. And he said, and as he thought about it, he didn't want to sound stupid in his answer to God. So finally, he just said, no, God, I don't know why you created the flowers. And God's response to him was, because I think they're pretty. <laughs> and it was just like, he said, he was just like totally blown away that, you know, yes. God created the flowers just because he thought they were pretty. <laughs> it was like, yes. you know, and I think we miss that, the simplicity of things. We think everything has to be so deep and, and you know what I'm saying? And just... Oh my yes, God, you blow it out of the water and what have you. And God is going, I, I enjoy the beauty of things. I enjoy the grace of things. I And because I enjoy them, I, I created you in my image and in my likeness. I knew that you would enjoy them too. And so I put them there for you. And you know, yes, and when we, yes, yeah, he does. Girl, and when we stop to yes, these things, then it, it really, it can really put our trials, our tribulations, our, the, the depth of things that we completely blow out of the water. We can reel them back in and go, <laughs> you know what? Seriously, it, it's not that serious. <laughs> it's like, right? God, you've been right. so gracious. Like, you created yes. a planet with oxygen so that when you created me in this life form, I'd be able to breathe. <laughs> it's like, it's like yes. and if you can do that, all right, if you can do that, yes. if you can pluck me out of eternity and place me in this millennial, you know, just because and give me everything I need for, for life and, and health and wealth and, and yes. sustain me then why am I so tripped out? Why am I so tripped out? And it brings you right. back down to earth. You know, sis, it brings you back down to earth so that you stop blowing everything out of proportion. Yes. And, it's, you know, God is just amazing like that. He is just totally amazing like that. So <laughs> I have... Um, I've been pondering something that I heard last weekend um, in my 
spirit. And this morning it was like, cause I always ask God, Lord, you know, really, what do you want us to discuss? And, and I know if I don't have something, if he's not dropped something in my spirit, then I know he's given you something. And it's like, okay, sis, what do you have? Because, you know, that's God. He said, if we would open our mouths, he would fill it and he would bless us as his oracles. So I was listening to Bishop T.D. Jake's book, Crushing, last weekend as we were on our way to L.A. I was um, listening to the audio book, and he said something in the book that just, like, (laughs) blew me away. It's like, you know, sis, how you have an epiphany in the middle of something so simple that you've thought about, you've talked about, you've observed for years and you just never saw the inner portion of that thing. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. That was yes. that was how I felt. That was how I felt when I was listening to to Bishop Jake. And and the book I I, re- I highly recommend. Highly 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 recommend. If you are walking through some crushing times in your life, I promise you you need to get this book. You need to read this book, you need to listen to this book, you need to digest this book because OMG, um it has blessed me in so many ways. And first and foremost, it gives you um great depth of insight into Bishop Jake's life. Um, Because he's very transparent through the book, extremely so, extremely so. And and it makes you understand and appreciate that as we go through our testings and our trials and our crushings, those those crushing times in our life, and we think it's just us, you know, we have no idea what people are walking through around us because all we see is the persona that is put out there in front of us, but we don't know what's going on behind closed doors. And that's the truth. That's the truth. So um, I got two things I really want to share with you today, and I'm really, really super excited about both of them. But the first thing I want to talk to you about is today's topic, and that's the process of inner beauty. That's how God gave it to me this morning to describe what it was I heard from Bishop Jakes last weekend and the, the profoundness of it and what we, we don't think about. At least I didn't think about Maybe you guys are in a more deeper depth than I am and maybe you did, but I had never thought about this. What he talked, he was talking about a pearl. And as most of us have heard, pearls are formed and we think, and this because you know me, sis, I, I gotta do my, my little research, right? Most of us have heard that a pearl is developed because a grain of sand drops into the oyster. And so the pearl quotes the, you know, um, so the pearl builds up um, whatever, this beautiful substance, you know, because of the grain of sand. The thing that Bishop Jake said was the pearl, and, and I mean, he said it in passing, and it just kept going, but it resonated in me, so I knew it was something that God was, was speaking to my heart. He said that, remember, and he used the analogy of the, the grain of sand, remember that the irritant, he might have just said irritant, is in the center of the pearl. And then the, and it's called the um, nacre, I think is what, how it's pronounced. The nacre builds around the irritant. And, and then, like I said, and I'm listening to the book and the, and the book keeps going, but I got stuck right there at the point that the irritant is still in the center of the pearl. <laughs> it's like all I was thinking and all I ever thought about was the beauty of the pearl and the irritant caused the substance that the nacre to build and to form, but I never took thought of the irritant was in the center of it. It stayed there. It didn't dissolve. It didn't go away. And then I, and, and so this past week, God had just been really dealing with me on all these different things that we feel are irritants in our lives. And all the trials and the tribulations that we are walking through for the beauty of the nacre to cover the irritant and form this great pearl, this wonderful pearl of great spice, it had to have the foundation of the irritant that's still there. 
The irritant is still in the middle of it. The beauty is formed around the irritant. And I was just like, I, for me, I, I don't know, maybe it's just because of some of the things that I'm walking through right now, but that blew my mind. I was just like, are you serious? It's like it doesn't go away. The irritant didn't dissolve. It wasn't poof gone. It was the foundation of which that beauty was built around. And it's still there. But now, instead of it being looked at as that irritant, now it's covered in this beautiful substance, this gorgeous substance that makes it beautiful, that makes it valuable, invaluable, actually. And we don't recognize and understand what we're walking through in our crushing time and what is being built at the center of what God is creating us to be and what he is shaping and molding us to be. That was deep to me, sis. I, I promise you. That was just like, wow. <laughs> you mean my, my all those irritating moments and those trying times and and the things that I kept asking God to remove from me sure, because take I didn't away. want them. Yes. 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 All the yes. stuff that I wanted him to remove, I'm asking yes. him in literally to remove the foundation of the beauty that he's building. Yes, that's powerful. That is so powerful. You know, the, the old song says, Lord, don't move my mountain, but give me the strength, <sighs> to, climb. The strength to climb. Don't take yeah. away my stumbling blocks, but lead me all the way around. Oh and I realize it now. All the, all the, oh, man, let me tell you something, sis. I just thank God for his wondrous love and glory. It lets me know I'm on track. I am feeling and going through everything that you just said. Realize that. Conforming and breaking the old self. And God is doing a new thing. Taking, tearing up the old wine skins and replacing them with new and filling them up mm. with different knowledge and abilities and yeah. situations. And I used to think that I was on track then. And now he's blowing my mind mm. with what he's doing in my life right now. That's deep, sis. Please talk about it more. I, I just, it, it was so deep to me. And then, okay, so this is what gets even deeper, okay, for me. Um, like I said, we always, at least I always heard that it was a grain of sand that falls into the pearl. But when I did started looking this up, because I really wanted to understand the true, the formation of this pearl, I found this out. Listen to this. Natural pearls form when an irritant, hear me, hear this, girl, hear this, usually a parasite and not the proverbial grain of sand, works its way into an oyster, mussel, or clam. As a defense mechanism, a fluid is used to coat the irritant. Layer upon layer of this coating called nacre is deposited until a lustrous pearl is formed. I was like, a parasite? Wait a minute. (laughs) Wait a minute. It's a parasite that goes in there and not, you know, like we hear like this, this little pebble, this little grain of salt. Think about a parasite. And and I guess the reason this stood out to me because I look at, at when I think of a parasite, a parasite is something that would enter into your body and wreak havoc and destruction. Okay? And so something entered not just to be an uh, uh, irritant, but to be destructive. A parasite eats away at stuff. Okay? So something that was that was meant to be destructive, to literally destroy this pearl. Oh man, oh my God. And or not the pearl, the the oyster, whatever it went into, this parasite went in there to destroy it. 
And rather than the parasite destroying the structure that God had, God formed layer upon layer around that thing that was meant to destroy and enclosed it, not only kept it from destruction, but then built upon it. Then built upon it. I was like, hmm. You know what, Daddy? You are so deep. You are so, so deep to me. Seriously. The reason this is so deep to me on this day is because this is my second thing that I wanted to share with the audience today and with you. I had a dream night before last. And I, I you have to understand, I'm not a dreamer. I'm not a big dreamer. And when I dream and my dreams are vivid and I remember them verbatim, <clears throat> excuse me, then I know that it's spiritual. It is not just I ate something and went to sleep on it, okay? I know beyond a shadow of a doubt God is talking to me. So I had this dream night before last. And in this dream, I found myself in the setting or in the surrounding of, I called them gangsters. In my dream, they appeared to be gangsters. It was like there was a mob boss, and I was at a a meeting, a family meeting of gangsters, okay? And in the dream, in the midst of the meeting, something went crazy. Something went, you know, I called it sideways. Something just, you know, erupted, and the, the mob boss got up and started walking around, and he was really angry about something, and I, I don't, I did not catch the gist of what he was angry about when I woke up, but he was really angry about something, and in his anger, he walked up to me, and he shot me in my chest point blank, and I went down. And I lay there and pretended to be dead because I didn't want him to shoot me again. And after that, like after this meeting, um, all the mobsters, quote unquote, or the gang members or whatever you want to call them, they were all poised to go to this big celebration or a party or ball or something that night. I remember in the dream hearing it was a, a ball, like a gala, like something really big that they were all going to. And so after homeboy shot me, thinking he had killed me, it was like, you know, come on, let's everybody, let's get ready and let's go to the party, basically, and leave, leave me there. And there was a, a female presence in my dream. I don't know who she was. But she was the only one in the room that actually knew I wasn't dead. And she lingered behind as everybody else went to go get ready to go to this big celebration. She lingered behind after everybody left. Then she came over and she was like, girl, you know, you got to get on up and get out of here before they come back. You know, like she literally knew that, you know, I was not dead. And so, and we had a connection and I was like, yeah, I know I got to get up. I, I, I Like, yes, I know I got to get out of here. But this was what was really mind boggling about this part of the dream. As I stood up, and literally when he shot me, you know how it was like in the movies where you see the blood come out of the person's chest? <laughs> it was literally like that. When he shot me, it was like I could see the blood come through my, my shirt. Um, and so you just like, you could, it was a real shot. It was a gun. It was real, right? So when she came and she was like, girl, you got to get up out of here before they come back. And I was like, yeah, I know. And I got up and I opened my shirt. And there was no hole, there was no blood, there was nothing. It was like I had not even been shot. And it was like, oh, that's deep. I'm going to put this all together and and give you the interpretation when I finish the dream. But So I was like, okay, that's deep. I got up. She went. I saw myself leave. um, And I went away. I could like kind of see myself go through this alleyway and leave and go away. And and in my mind, it was like, where am I going? Um, And I didn't really get an answer to where I was going, but I still, I exited out of that place. But in the morning, the following morning, I found myself back in that place. But when I found myself back in that place, um, everybody had apparently had went out, they had partied and whatever, and they were back, but they were sleeping. When I came back to that, that same room, now I could see like beds around and people just kind of strolled all over the place and sleeping. 
the female presence was still there because she was kind of like, what are you doing here? I'm like, I'm not sure, but I had to come back. <laughs> it was just like, um, but in my dream, at that point, I saw my best friend. I saw Roman, which really blew my mind because for the listeners, my best friend passed away um, way back in 1991. So he's been gone a long, long time. Um, but I saw him in the dream and he was just in such a jovial state and he was laying on one of the beds, but he was the only one in the room other than this female presence that wasn't asleep. And he was just kind of bouncing going, I like my bed. I really like my bed. And I'm looking at him going, how did you like your bed? And it was just like kind of weird though. At that moment, some more people came into the room. And in my dream, I perceived that the people that came into the room at that point was like from a rival gang or family or whatever. They weren't part of the people that was there. And they walked in and they did not have smiles on their faces. They were very serious, very stern looking. And I looked at them and said, this is about to go sideways. It was like I knew they were there basically to do bodily harm to the people that was there. I got up and I started walking out of the door. And one of their soldiers, the the new gang that walked in, one of their soldiers was standing outside the door, like watching the door. And so I walked past the ones that had came in. They didn't say anything to me. But as I walked out the door, the other soldier standing out there looked at me and he said, where are you going? And I was like, I'm going to get some coffee. (laughs) I just kept walking. And it was like, I like was like in perfect peace because it was like, whatever's getting ready to go on in there, that's not going to be good. And I'm like, I looked at him and like, I'm going to get some coffee. And I just kept going. So end of dream, I wake up and I'm thinking, okay, God, my first inclination was, okay, something, there's some things that I'm walking through are not going to harm me. And that was my first thought. That's the first thing that came to mind because I got shot point blank. But when everybody left, I looked and yeah, there was no wound. There was nothing. So, and that was it. That was the only interpretation that I had at that time. This morning, now remember this was night before last. This morning I'm driving to church and on my way to church, God began to give me full interpretation of this dream. And he was like, you know, yes, you, you are right, you know, about what you've walked through and, and it will not, it will not destroy you. But he started to put it in spiritual context for me. And it was like the enemy has literally come to kill me straight out, point blank, blow me away. Okay. But his hand of destruction will not gave me. It will not be effective. All right. God began to show me that that rival gang, quote unquote, that the people that came in there that I looked at and that they had this severe, like stern look on their face. And it was like, I knew in myself, this is not going to be good. This is going sideways. I need to get up out of here. He explained to me, he said, that was my army. That was my angels. And they came to destroy what tried to destroy you. And that is why you had that, okay, time to get up and to get out. In service this morning, he he continued to open the dream up to me and to tell me when I walked out and the soldier stood there and asked me where I was going, I was like, I'm going to go get some coffee. He said, what you were doing was walking into my rest. You knew that whatever was behind you, whatever was about to go down in that room, you were good. And you didn't have to worry about that any longer. You didn't have to look back over your shoulders. It's kind of like the children of, and he's saying this right this minute, it's like the children of Israel, when they crossed that Red Sea and Moses was like, that enemy that you see, you will not, after today, you will not see them again. You will not see them again. You will not see them again. So when I read this about the irritant and the pearl and that it's usually a parasite, not a grain of sand that comes in and to know that a parasite comes in to destroy, 
to eat away at your flesh, to destroy what is healthy and what is living. But the spirit of the living God will not allow the parasite that the enemy has unleashed. I'm speaking prophetically to somebody on this phone that on this line that can hear me. That the what the enemy has sent to destroy you to literally eat at your flesh, to take you out, to kill you, to point blank shoot you, whatever, however you want to take this, that God is saying he is forming around you beauty. How do you get into or inner and get into or process here? That was what he gave me. How do you process inner beauty? By allowing the hand of God to come in and that that the enemy thought he was unleashing to destroy you, to allow the hand of God to come in and just begin to cover it. Just begin to cover it and know that that's the foundation of what God is building within you. It's that that thing that that the enemy, oh, thank you, Jesus. Just think about it. God said that he will prepare you a table in the presence of your enemy. Your enemy had to come in because if your enemy had not came in, you would not have surrendered unto God to allow him to do just what he said when he told you to be still and know I am God. Had the enemy not come in, you would not know God in the manner in which you know him. Had the enemy not come in to try to destroy you and to just to take you out, literally, then you would not have been forming the beauty of that nacre around that parasite. Now, here's something even deeper about the, the nacre. It is the nacre's terminology or, or what they call it is mother of pearl. Have you, you, it, it is the same substance. It is the same substance that's on the inside of shells, that beautiful iridescent pearl looking substance that's on the inside of shells. That's the nacre. That's the nacre. And as I listened, as I went even deeper in my research of it, they said that nacre is even stronger. The natural, the natural nacre is stronger than cement. It's more lightweight, but stronger than cement. So understand that what God has covered that parasite in, what God has covered that irritant in, in shaping your inner beauty, in shaping the inner you, in transforming you to be who he called you to be, he has made you stronger than you could have ever imagined being. See, people think about cement, and it's like, oh, my God, you know, that's like the hard, one of the hardest substances. But no, it's what God has created that's a harder substance. It's what God has created within you in the process of making your innermost being beautiful. We as women, we can definitely identify this. As women, we go through rituals every day, you know, process to make the outer us beautiful. We got moisturizer and and night cream and makeup and we got all these different things and hair care products and all these different things that we do to process our outer being so that we can appear beautiful. But the process of the inner man, that inner woman, that inner being becoming beautiful is not as easy as that outer. See, because that inner comes into being through the pain, through the suffering, through all the things that you've had to walk through. But just know that God is covering it. And that irritant, that thing that you ask him to remove, it's the core. It's the core of the beauty that he is creating in you. Now, unbeknownst to my pastor, he didn't know anything about my dream. He didn't know anything about what I heard about this pearl, none of that. And this is something that he spoke this morning in Solid Foundation class. He said that Christ, uh, that we are to be, uh, or okay, our lives are to mirror Christ's life, okay? But he said this, he said, Christ is that place of shaping, making, and completing my life. Christ is that place of shaping, making, and completing my life. And if you think about if Christ is suffering, if our lives mirror the lives of Christ, then his suffering is mirrored within us. Are we 
flogged and beaten and hung on a cross? No, but we have our own suffering that we have to go through. And think about it, in the midst of that suffering, when that core, that core of what Christ walked through, he had to get through the cross, that painful part, to get to the grave, to rise in the resurrection, the beauty of it. But that pain part of it is what is the core of the beauty of the resurrection. Had he not walked through the pain part, had he not hung on the cross and dealt with the suffering, he would not have had the, the luster, the, the beauty of the resurrection. And that's where we are. If we don't walk through these times of crushing, as Bishop Jakes put it, if we don't walk through these times of trials and tribulation, if we don't walk through these times of pain and isolation and separation, then we have no foundation for the beauty of the resurrection, the beauty of what God is raising us up to be, the beauty of what God is wrapping that hardness, that, that, that place of of oh my God, despair, (laughs) and all that we feel when we're walking through our suffering. Even Christ, he felt despair in the Garden of Gethsemane. All those things that he has felt, we have felt. He felt them so that he could identify with what we feel. And he felt them on an even greater and a deeper level than we could ever imagine. But it was walking through that that it gives him that place of empathy for what we're going through so that he can align himself with us. And say, I got you. I know what you're going through. I'm not telling you what I heard. I know because I had to walk it myself. We all have our own separate crosses to bear. We talked about this. What, what, what is your breaking point and what is your place of contention and where your heartbreak is? It may not be the same place that mine is, but yet and still, it is the same type of parasite that would try to take us out, try to destroy us, that God is using to be the foundation of the beauty that he is creating in our innermost being. That's what I had to share. I just, I mean, I just, I just love the Lord. And I'm just always amazed at what he uses and how he comes in and he blesses our lives and, and he talks to us and he makes sure that he does not just leave us in that dark, isolated place. He is our blessed hope. So therefore he can't find us in despair and leave us in despair. He has to step into the midst of it with us to empower us to know that it's not always going to be this. But I'm forming something within you stronger than you could ever imagine, more beautiful than you can ever envision. And it's going to be you, my baby, that I will open up and show unto the world the same way that you pry open an oyster to find this beautiful pearl inside. God has pried you open, and he will show the beauty of the pearl that you possess to the world so that they can know, so that you can be that one to say, hey, baby, I understand, because I've had to walk this walk myself. I understand. It's not easy. I understand. It's lonely. I understand. You feel like you can't come back from this. You feel like you have done so much wrong that God could never love you or or accept you back or accept you for the first time if you don't know him as your savior. And to say and to be able to be that one to say, oh, contraire, baby, I know that he loves you. I know that he forgives you. Why do I know? Because, hey, I am that one that has been forgiven much. I'm that one that has been loved much. I am that same one that has walked through much. And yet, not only am I still here, but I've not lost my joy. Not am I only still here, I've not lost my sanity. Not only am I still here, but I know that I know that I know my Savior lives. Why? Because he lives inside of me. 
and the life that I now live, I live through him and because of him. Because without him, I would not be here. That's what I had, sis. That was like, yeah, that's what was just really beating and burning in my heart. Seriously. God is an incredible God. Yes, he is, sis. And while you were talking, and you were talking about the pearl, something came to my spirit to be able to say to the listening audience. It's not just the pearl is hidden. Gold is hidden in the cave. Yeah. Or is hidden in the cave. Mm-hmm. Amethyst is hidden in the cave. Mm-hmm. Formed into different rocks. Mm-hmm. If you don't know what they look like, they're hidden. Mm-hmm. And God has a way of allowing someone to find it and break it and open it up to expose the beauty of things. Mm-hmm. The worst thing you can do and take it from a person that knows is let someone tell you who you used to be. Mm. Someone's always trying to tell you of your old self because they don't know the new self. They mm-hmm. don't know what God is forming, God mm-hmm. is making. A lot of you feel like God is forsaking you. God hid you. God protected you from what was out there. So this is the time that you're getting ready to go forth. This is the moment. This is the season. Now you'll be able to understand it. You know what, sis? Your dream. I was writing it down certain points as you were speaking. And then the interpretation, that's even more powerful. We have to understand that God is. And he loves Mm. us that much. Mm Mm-hmm. And things that don't seem beautiful. Look at rocks. If you look at mm-hmm. a rock and you go, that ain't nothing, and break mm-hmm. it open and see a diamond, you'd be like, what, 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 what? Mm-hmm. This rock right here is worth $5 million. You'd be like, what? <laughs> you'll start looking mm-hmm. at that rock differently, wouldn't you? Yes, ma'am. We don't need to put a worldly price on godly things. That's good. That just wow. me. We do. Wow. We need to stop putting a worldly price on godly things. Mm, mm, mm. This is the time wow. of the season. God is bringing out the misfits and the ones that felt like they weren't worthy enough, and they just they were just done. Mm. They just forsook and they broke every law and every commandment, and there's no more hope. And shame and everything else that you can feel is there. But God is truly a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Mm -hmm. He will change your world, your life, your moment, Mm -hmm. your situation Mm -hmm. in an instant. We look for it like a genie in a bottle. And when I say it instant, because truly certain things I travailed for for years, God has allowed them to manifest now. And I'm like, thank you, Lord. But now I can't remember the past. All I can know is the deliverance of now. And I'm so grateful. Mm. I can't tell God how long I think it took to get to this point. I'm just so glad I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. At this moment. I can't tell you how long I went through some things. I remember going through with my daughter. I remember going through with certain relationships. I remember going through with finances. I remember going through with certain family members. I remember going through it with certain so-called friends. I remember. But when it's all over, we're just so grateful to God for his deliverance. At such a time as this, it's time to stop playing church, mm-hmm. faking church. When you seek God, when you diligently seek him, it's not, I don't believe it's what you believe it's going to be. It wasn't what I thought. Mm-hmm. Thank you for your dream. 
It, it is. It is. There was one other portion of the interpretation of the dream that the Lord gave me this morning, and he said that when I was laying there and I was pretending to be dead so that I wouldn't get shot again, he said, you know, this time that you've just walked through where I thought, you know, last October when I started working toward kingdom influence and everything and started listening to different people and studying different things and whatever, I thought that, okay, so when 2019 came, I was going to be soaring and it was going to be good and it was going to be this, that, and the other. And then it was like, by, at Feb, by, well, even at the end of February, I was still going strong. But then it was like March, April, May has just been like, like, like a dead halt, like a just hard bricks you know, just breaks, rather hard breaks put on. And I was like, and I wasn't understanding. It was like, I, my momentum was so good. And why have I, why have I like deceased from, from growing in that portion that I was working in? And, and I haven't been able to devote any time to it. I mean, it was like my time just got sucked up. And he told me this morning and he said, that was during the time where I was laying there and I was playing dead. It was like, and he said, he said, I had you in that quiet place because I needed the enemy to leave thinking that he had destroyed you, thinking that he had won so that his guard would be down. Because remember now, think about this. And the more I talk about it, the more God just unfolds it to me. That next morning, I had to go back there that next morning to see that the hand of God was walking into the situation so that I would not be walking fearful, looking over my shoulder, thinking that somebody would know I was still alive. He had to show me, no, I needed you to lay there and play dead so the enemy could go on off to the ball, the gala, the party, thinking, oh, yeah, I killed that thing. That thing is dead right there. The same way that the enemy thought he had killed Christ. The same way he thought that on the cross it was done. It was like, oh, I done took him out. Hey, let's go party. Okay, all is well. I needed you to lay there quiet and still so he would think that, so that he would be unaware. Because he doesn't know my every move the way I know his every move. So that he would be unaware. So that when that when when God's soldiers stepped into that room that next morning, I needed to see them there. I needed to know that they were there. I needed to to witness the fact that they came to destroy that which tried to destroy me. And think about it, when they came in, as I told you in the dream, everybody was laid out and they were asleep. And it was like just like, hey, all is well, we're good. And they stepped in that door, and it was like, I promise you, it was not playtime. It was dead serious. And I thought about, as as God was showing me this, I thought about, you know, the angels of God. When you read about them in the Bible, they are not there to play, okay? They will take you out. And he told, even Moses said, no, 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 God, if you don't go, I'm not going. See, because your angel not going to have no mercy. Okay, your your angel ain't trying to hear about forgiveness. That angel ain't trying to do anything. You know, I thought about the donkey that the man, the the prophet was beating because he was trying to go forward to go get this money and the donkey stopped and the man is beating him, beat him three times. And the donkey like, why are you beating me? Don't you see that angel with that flaming sword standing there? Like the angel ain't playing he ain't trying to hear, oh, I had a momentary lapse of sanity. He ain't trying to hear that. <laughs> okay? He's not. <laughs> He's not. All right? <laughs> I'm you out. You know what I'm saying, sis? Because really, yeah, think about deep. it. Yeah, you that's know? deep. <laughs> the trying to go get this money from a person. <laughs> He's going to curse the people of God. You know, to get his money. That had to be a momentary lapse of sanity. Okay? And here you that are. Is so and you funny. Beat, and you beating the donkey. And the donkey was like, don't you see that angel? <laughs> like, are you serious? <laughs> For real. Like, God's men serious. They don't play. Lord God, in the name of Jesus, that's deep, that's powerful. They are not there to negotiate, (laughs) they are not there to forgive, they're not there for none of that. They're there to handle business. Serious. That's powerful. God steps into the room, they are there to handle business. Point blank, period. 
and they ain't trying to hear nothing you got to say. They are on assignment. And they are going to carry out that assignment. Seriously. So we got to know. You know what I'm saying? I'm just like, okay, God, we got to hear the voice of God. And, and okay, I'm hearing you, Lord. I'm hearing you. When you see the angel of God step into a situation, because he will reveal that that's him, that's him in the midst of it. When you see the angel of God step into the situation, you need to go. <laughs> like, you need to go. It's just like, okay, I've been here long enough. Okay. Thank you, Lord. I see your hand at work. I ain't trying to stay to see the fire and burn so I'm not trying. The, the angels, when they told Lot and his family to leave, they were like, leave now and don't look back. They were like, you know, you don't need to see hellfire falling down from the sky. You don't need to worry about all of that. We're here to take care of what we need to take care of. You need to go and don't look back. And I believe that that's what God is speaking that to somebody right now. You need to go because God's angels have stepped into the middle of your situation and you start still. Now you want to sit there and see what's going to happen. Oh, I want to see this. No, no. Yeah, no, you real. Don't see that. That's real. That's <laughs> no, real. You need to go. That's powerful. <laughs> don't get caught up in friendly fire, <laughs> okay? Because friendly fire will take you out. That's powerful. You need to go. That's powerful. That's powerful. Think about it. That's powerful. That's powerful you know? what you just said. Yes, Man. I do know. Because I remember a lot of times that people have hurt me, or I remember a lot of times things have happened in my life, and I was waiting on God to do something to them. Mm. And I was and like, okay, Lord, it. I know you're going to do something. I know what you said about your mighty hand. I know you say vengeance yeah. is mine, says the Lord. But see, we can always work that word to work for us when we're ready for it. Mm. Hmm. But when we need it, we don't know how to work it. Why is that? Hmm. And I hmm. remember saying to myself, okay, and this is going to happen, and the Lord didn't move when I thought he was going to move. Hmm. And you got to remember one thing. A lot of times you can't move on in your life because you're waiting to see if something's going to happen to the ones that hurt you so bad. Don't hmm. worry about that. Uh-uh. And don't wish, it on, That's what Elder don't wish it on them. That's what Don't wish it on them. For real. Don't wish no. it on them. No, no, uh. no, please don't mm. wish it on them. No, don't wish it on them. And don't even, you know, as hard as it is and as painful as it may be, just keep walking, keep moving. Exactly. That's don't what Elder Corlett is saying. Just yeah. keep walking, keep moving. Yeah. It's not about what's going to happen to the next person. It's not about if something's going to happen to the next person. Keep your eye on the Lord. Keep it staying yeah. on him. Please hmm. believe me. There's nothing in that. Nothing will ever happen as long as you're watching it. Grandmama said, mm-hmm. baby, mm-hmm. don't you know that as long as you keep watching that pop, trying to boil, it'll never boil as long as you're watching okay. it. And it don't. A watch pop. Put some air. Yeah, my mom used to say the same thing. A watch pop never boils. Cause you, just you, know, you need it. to look at it. It's a trip. And it, I promise you, you were like, wait, wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. Mm-hmm. And then when you walk off and come back, you go, now it's boiling. Mm-hmm. Now you need to understand that And understand the term of it And understand why We love you guys mm-hmm. We just want the best for you Absolutely. We just want God to manifest the best out of you Man. We just want God to multiply And resonate the gifts that are in you There's so much time To start looking at the inner you The inner beauty And that's going to take time And it's going to take work The hardest person to see is ourselves Mm-hmm. But I don't know about you. It's hard for me. Please believe me. It's a conditioning for me right now. Please believe me. Sometimes I wonder if I'm, I'm like, whew, I don't even know, Lord. Certain days, you know, you feel like you're on top of the earth. And then other days, mm-hmm. you're like, I'm defeated. Girl, I'm so defeated. you just don't even want to get out of bed. It's like, just let me know. No, right. You're like, what am let I doing this for, Lord? Reasoning for me, for real. Why? And he keeps showing himself over and over again. Mm. Wake up and see life in a new place. Mm. Who your God truly is. He's a God of everything. And if you diligently seek him and you diligently ask him, he will bring himself in a way, not the way Elder Colette, he comes to Elder Colette, not the way that he comes to Tanya, not the way 
then he may come to someone else, but to you personally, mm. you, because he loves you that much. Yeah, I just want you to be blessed. Go ahead, Elder. Mm. I am, I'm just always amazed at the hand of God. I, I just really am. And in how he processes his children, you know, we as his babies, we are in a constant place of revamping and reshaping and remolding. And, and you know, and you've got to have flexibility within your spirit to recognize that just because he put you in one place for this particular point, then, you know, don't, don't set up camp there so tough that you can't move when he says move. I, I just, as we were talking and as you were talking to him, my mind still was like dealing with the angels with Lot and like, and, and thinking, thinking this, that, you know, some of us get to that place. We are so stuck where we are. And, and because we do want to see the hand of God move in our enemy that, you know, we don't realize that, yes, God loves his children and he covers his children. But if you walk in disobedience to what he is telling you and the way he's leading you to go, you will get caught in friendly fire. Had Lot and his family stayed there, they'd have been consumed with fire and brimstone just like everybody else in that city. And then to think about when Lot was leaving, that he had the audacity, the angels told him to go to the mountains, and he's still trying to negotiate, no, there's some cities in the plain, let me just go to that city, and not even recognizing, no, you don't understand, that city ain't far enough away from here, because you can still get caught with what I'm getting ready to do. We got to learn, girl, to hear the voice of God and walk in complete obedience to what that voice is saying to us. Stop, stop negotiating with the hand of God. Stop it. Because God, when God tells you something, it is not open for negotiation. It is not open for negotiation. Now, is he a loving father? Will he talk to you? If you talk to him, yes. But you got to come correct. Just the same way I feel about my children. My kids can't come to me with attitude and say something to me because I'm a snap. I feel the same way about God. I can't go to God with an attitude and like, you know, we, I don't want to do that. And you're going to have to do that, that, that. Like, if I wish one of my children would, as grown as they are right now, I'd still knock them on their butt. Okay? Straight out. So I feel that say if I feel my children in the natural need to give me that kind of respect, then we need to give God even more reverence and respect. Because guess what? I could be wrong in what I'm saying and telling you to do, but God ain't never wrong in what he's saying and telling you to do. Ever. There is no wrong in him. So if he's telling you something, stop negotiating. Stop trying to fix it. I'm trying to plot out a different way. Hear what he's saying. Be obedient to what he's saying. And you better get to stepping when he say go. Get to stepping. That's all I got. And we got a minute and 52 seconds left in the show. So, Tanya, I'm going to ask you to pray over the people, and we're going to be over. We'll be done. Father, I just pray in the name of Jesus that you would give each an individual listener their vision and allow them to run with it with all their destiny and their might and their power that you've instilled within them. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would enlighten us, open us up, blow our minds with the magnificence mm. of your glory, your might, mm. your power, your love, mm. your unconditional love, yes. your grace and your mercy. And I mm. pray, Father God, in the name of Jesus, that you will bless each individual one to want a change. Yes. And that you will quicken us in our spirits in the name of Jesus, that when you come, we will reign with you forever and mm. ever. And allow each and every last one of us to the tree that you have made us to bear the fruit in this season, to bring forth everything that you have called for us to do and the ability. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. It is so. Thank God. Sis, I love you with the love of Christ. I love you. And I love our listeners as well. You have a phenomenal Memorial Day, holiday, celebration, whatever you're going to do. Be safe. 
on tomorrow. My advice is to get some rest if you are still within the workforce because Amen. you don't have to hit it hard. <laughs> okay. Amen. Oh, God bless you all. I love you, sis. I love you, beautiful. Let's keep it real.